Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness, your love, your grace. Thank you for communion. Thank you for the instruction to celebrate communion. It's a way to, for us to regularly remind ourselves of what you have done because in this world of tremendous distractions, it is easy to forget. I pray for this morning that you begin to teach all of us something profound about what you're going to share through me. Thank you for what I'm learning through this and what I am going to learn through this. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Are we good? If not, uh, we're not going to go live. Simon? No, yes? Is it live or not? Okay, then don't. We're done. As long as it's recording, we're fine. I'll put it up later. Whatever. Good, because then I can make a mistake and edit it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, once in a while I have to. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. This morning, uh, I am excited to finally, finally, finally get into this series. This series has been one of the most profound sets of teaching I've taught in the past. And I, I think the folks at Hope Fellowship have benefited greatly from it each time. And it's time to do it again. Over the last several years, I think it was 2011 or something like that, it was the last time I taught this, maybe, I don't know when. But I've learned so much more. Uh, not, not that the information may not or may be repeated or not. That's not the issue. But there's more. There's an expansion of this profound topic. We all know people that um, have hurts. All of us do. People are hurting. I want you to know why I'm doing this and why I'm putting some detail into this. Because if somebody sees this series for the first time, I want to lay a really important foundation. So if you think I'm going really slow, it's because I am. All right? And there's a purpose to it. I want you to know why. And number one purpose is this. People are hurting all around us. They need healing and they need help. They're not looking for religion. They're looking for hope. The source of many hurts comes down to, a diff to difficult relationships, work, home, or community. This is one of the key um, contributing factors to hurts in people's lives. Somebody has hurt you in one way or another. Everybody here has been hurt by somebody, guaranteed. Otherwise, you're not human. It doesn't work that way. Well, sometimes we think people should learn religion. Or some people think they go to religion, I'll find, I'll find an answer. But they think religion will be the answer, but really they're looking for hope. And they're hoping that religion will become an answer to them. My prayer instead is that they discover the unconditional love of Jesus instead of religion. Religion tends to be a set of rules and rituals to make us right or keep us right with God by, based on what we do or don't do. And that's, that's not the life of Christ. We are, we are to walk in freedom. So I've been unlearning religion for the last 15 years. It's been great, almost 20 years. Uh, I want to dispel many myths religion promotes. Uh, you'll both learn new things and unlearn incomplete things. Especially on the topic of forgiveness. I want to dive into what forgiveness is not. That, to me, is probably my favorite part of it. Uh, the misconceptions of forgiveness and what it is. And you're going to hear some of them loosely this morning, um, but I'm going to do it more formally uh, as I process through 14 things that forgiveness is not. Because people sometimes say, I can't forgive. Well, that's because your definition is probably flawed. 
And that's, that's where I'm going for, all right? Uh, I want to lay a powerful spirit or scriptural foundation. I trust my Bible. I trust that it reveals tremendous truths. I, I study my Bible. I love my Bible. And I want to show to you from Scripture hope that we can forgive and have the power to do it already and what that literally means versus what it isn't. And when you separate those two things, you're going to see what I mean. Also, nothing of value comes easy or without a price. You may get something for free, but it costs somebody else something first. So it's going to take time to learn some of this. That's why I'm taking time for the series because there's a lot of information and content we need to be made aware of if we aren't already aware of or be reminded of it because we have forgotten. I think it's, I think it's tremendous. I think it's going to be so powerful for, for me and I know for others as well. Um, also, I want to expand our understanding, not narrow it down. In fact, for a long time, I tried to narrow in what is the definition of forgiveness. What is it? Oh, give me the right definition. And the last number of weeks, um, that bullseye is actually becoming an expanding ripple effect. It's like a, a stone being thrown in very calm water. What? This, this is bigger, deeper than I thought. It's not just my perception or understanding of what I think forgiveness is, but let's hear from other saints, other individuals who love Christ, teachers, individuals. How, how have they come to perceive what forgiveness is? And let's see what that collage does. Suddenly, it's not just the bullseye right answer, but now I'm going to find, oh, that, that's, that, that trails off to this def- the way this person sees it. I never saw it like that before. Now it's growing deeper. Wait a minute. You got another one over here? Oh, my goodness. Look at the collage. Now it gets big. And now we're starting to realize, hey, this topic is worldwide and not locked in to Christianity either. It's okay. Other religions have understandings of this thing called forgiveness. The Christian market does not have a hold on that word. Jesus does, but no religion, including the Christian religion. So I'm, I'm going to have some fun today and share with you um, some insights from different leaders and teachers. I forget what my next slide is. Ha ha, what does it mean? And I call this the mystery of forgiveness. And that's probably the safest way to approach the topic. Instead of looking for a clear-cut, articulate answer, expand the mystery of it. There isn't a single one answer for this definition. You can get all cold and textbook dictionary definition, but that doesn't express or explain the intent and the and the benefit of what this word is for us and to us. So we're going to talk about some perspectives on forgiveness that have value. So I uh, I had Chris uh, Brown play something for me this morning. He was playing, great is thy faithfulness. Then I asked him to accidentally shift one hand the wrong way and play the exact same thing. Do you think it had the same harmony? This, This was on the right keys, this was not. Do you think there'd be a clash? Yeah. Okay, you're looking at me staring. Are you done yet? Please interact a little bit. Do you think, thank you. Thank you for the verbal affirmation. Canadians. All right. <laughs> so, 
It makes a difference if it's off by one key. Well, I did something on my computer too. If I put my keys on, I typed out something, and then I moved my fingers over with just one key, just one, just one key over, no more, and I typed the exact same thing. Here's what happened. The love of God is never-ending. The love of God is never-ending. One key off. That's it. What if our definition, our incomplete understanding of forgiveness is one key off? And that's why it's not working for us. Just one. It's all it takes. Oops, one key. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah. You know? What does that even mean? So this morning, I'm going to ask you to be stretched. To not take any one quote um, negatively in case there's something, oh, I don't like that. That's fine. There's more. Chill. I'm, I'm asking you to please be teachable, not gullible. All right? Most of you know my heart already. But the stuff I'm going to share, something in one of these quotes, there's 22 of them, and I guarantee I won't finish today. Um, one of these quotes, there's going to be something that's going to hit your hearts as individuals. A sentence, a line, a word, a thought, a concept. Get ready. Here we go. Danny Prada, he's a minister down in Florida I've just gotten to know. Very bold with a message of grace, identity, and inclusion. Uh, look him up on Facebook. Great guy. He's, he's uh, very bold. His uh, definition of forgiveness is no longer allowing what someone did to you to continue hurting you. Simple. It's clear. I can understand that. Next, my buddy Bill Thrasher down in Atlanta, Georgia. He, uh, he's a heavy writer. Forgiveness is the proactive decision to yield complete mercy with furthermore in giving a gracious blessing of abundance to another who is unmerited in all calculable ways. Wow, isn't that so easy to understand? It's for those who love that. True forgiveness cancels and forgets all records of both wrongs and rights, leaving only the infant-born soul to be known and loved as it was first known and loved. Okay, some of these are going to be deep. Just heads up. But if you read it slowly later again, process it and go, oh my goodness. Next, Peter Hyatt. Great guy. Uh, if you've ever seen his video uh, called Hallelujah in Hell, how many have seen that one on YouTube? Really? That's it? Look up Hallelujah in Hell, okay? Great, great video. Here's what he wrote. I love this guy's style, too. If you ever see his uh, stuff on YouTube, it's like he's so real and casual as a teacher. I just love his heart. I think forgiveness is literally life in the kingdom. It's constantly losing your life and finding it. It's bleeding. The life is in the blood. We are truly one body. When a body part refuses to bleed, give life, so it can receive more life, it's dead. Even if it looks alive for a few minutes. When only one person forgives, it looks like a man nailed to a cross. When two forgive, it looks like a good marriage. When all forgive, it looks like a happy dancing body, a great banquet, or the kingdom of God. And in that place, forgiveness no longer hurts, but it is in fact ecstasy. 
I would never have associated ecstasy with forgiveness. <laughs> Think about that. But it makes sense. Lieutenant Jeff Butt, a.k.a. Jeff Butt, who was here, part of Hope Fellowship. Remember Jeff? Some of you remember him? Okay. He's now part of the uh, Salvation Army, so it was fun to give him the lieutenant title because this is what he wrote to me. Forgiveness. When Christ died on the cross, he used his valuable last breath to say, it is finished. He didn't say, you go do your part now, or you're going to owe me for this. Forgiveness isn't an interesting idea because it, mostly, it is mostly a one-sided affair. The one who has hurt holds all the power. Sorry, the one who has hurt has all the power to decide what the outcome will be. More hurting cannot solve our hurt. Only forgiveness can do that. Jesus demonstrated forgiveness when he first appeared to the disciples. He didn't scold them or wait for them to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Interesting. His first word to them was shalom or peace. I think when it comes to feeling like we disappointed God and that we don't deserve forgiveness, we should look to the example of the resurrected Jesus as our measurement of the depth of God's forgiveness. And if his forgiveness is that profound, imagine the restoration we deliver when we forgive others. Isn't that good? It's profound. Cecil Cockerham and Don Keithley, these are two professors at uh, Global Grace Seminary, and uh, they gave me the the Greek definitions, and that was what they gave me. So forgive is this word here, to release, freedom, set free, let go is another word, deliverance. That we're going to come back to later. That, that sneaks in. That's pretty cool. Forgiveness is this word, grant us favored, pardon, to rescue. Suddenly forgiveness is taking on a, hang on, it's not just, uh, not just let go, and it's not let them off the hook. You're going to hear that a couple times today, okay? Making sense? All right. Colin McIntyre, he, he quoted a bunch of other people. <laughs> so these, he sent me quotes from other teachers and individuals. Joseph had two sons and this way received double the inheritance of the promised land. The first son's name was Manasseh, means God has caused me to forget, i.e. the pain of my past. Ephraim meant double fruitfulness. Joseph tested his brothers, putting the same silver that his brothers had sold him for into the new favorite son, Benjamin's sack. This time, the very brother that had sold him, Judah, defended Benjamin like a true brother ought to. Unforgiveness means drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Forgiveness enabled Joseph to step into his calling as a deliverer of nations. He was originally placed as second in command in order to save Egypt, but Joseph used his power and influence to save any nation who came for relief, including his own traitor's family. Wow. Think back to the name of his kids. This is big. I've taught on this before. But the, uh, the name Manasseh means... Uh, Uh, The bitterness has left me. So for his forgiveness journey, remember, if he has a kid and names him that, and he's already been a ruler, then he's got marriage, do the history. It was many, many, many years of pain. Your childhood pains. 
from years and years ago. There is hope. That's what he's saying. And it is a process. God will bring you to a place where you will be able to declare something like this. I'm never going to forget the event, but the bitterness that's associated with that memory will dissipate slowly. Sometimes it may not. That's not up to you or me. There isn't a formula, if you're looking for it. Jesus is your formula, period. Including the outcome of what it will look like in your personal life. Kinsley Thurlow, be quick to repent, quick to forgive. I remember a woman once gave me a jewel of wisdom that, if threaded through every marriage, would unfailingly yield vibrant and beautiful relationships. The first one to the cross wins. (laughs) So if there's ever to be a competition in marriage, that's a really good one. (laughs) She told me the first to humble himself, go go to go low and die to herself. This is success in the eyes of the Lord. It preaches good, but it's hard to walk out. <laughs> Last one from him. Be quick to repent, quick to forgive. Whoops. Okay, never mind. I mean, this is the bottom part that should have, uh, that was an accidental slide. True forgiveness means not only the sin, but also the guilt. Not only the guilt, but also the shame. Not only the shame, but also the consequences. This is, this is an ever-expanding, oh my goodness, what is the love of God doing in me? Can you handle the little baby step? It may sound all of a sudden like this, this, this could turn into something mammoth. I don't know if I can do all that. That seems too big of a commitment for me to forgive and have to have that experience. Can you just handle the dot of just you, between you and your Heavenly Father? Don't worry about all the other stuff. That's probably going to scare you. Don't let it. There are no expectations here. This is about you learning as an individual of what it can look like and give you some hope that there is hope. George Saris, great guy. Uh, He said, forgiveness is bearing in your own self the pain the other person deserves without lashing back. That's a pretty powerful way. It's like taking, it's exactly what Jesus did. Took it into himself. Paul Braun, remember Paul? We've been praying for him. He sits over there usually. He wrote this to me, and I love this. A thought on forgiveness, he writes. Forgiveness is only relevant human to human, as God keeps no record of wrongs. Wink, wink, reminder, reminder. We should know that by now, right? Which we're going to get into in the series. Therefore, there is never anything for God to forgive. Those of us who live in the light as image bearers should have this as our default setting. And when we fail, as we will, there is no forgiveness needed from Father, only a returning to our true self. However, we need to seek to restore our fellow human and us to love. Forgiveness is the restoration of love to unity. You're starting to see that there are different perspectives here. And it's not just a cookie-cutter, nice little Sunday school answer. There's more going on here. Herb Sims, pastor in North Atlanta, he writes this. He could not reconcile anything without doing away with the source of the problem, which is everything that is not consistent with himself. 
a person is forgiven because there is nothing held against them because the offending stuff has been taken away and removed. God's forgetfulness of our sin is not from senility, but from the fact that there is nothing to remember. A question I always ask, so how far is the east from the west? In Psalm 103, it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So I guess my exercising of forgiveness would have to mirror his. That, that part I want you to capture. I guess my exercising of forgiveness would have to mirror his, be of the same essence, from the same source in order to be true forgiveness. I would have to walk the same journey as Jesus. He's making the point that we are already forgiven. And if you don't quite believe that at this point today, I will show it to you in the next coming weeks. Your scriptures make it clear. And it is good news. Okay? I can't teach it all at once. It's too much info. So wait. It's coming. Don't write me off. Brad Jerzak. Some of you know him. He wrote the book, Her Gates Will Never Be Shut. Best book on hell. Uh, understanding A better understanding of what hell is. Uh, I don't know if we have any copies left at the back, but he's also wrote a book back there called A More Christ-Like God. Imagine that. Great title. He writes this. I usually say forgiveness is not saying it's okay, I'm okay, you're okay, we're okay, it's okay. Forgiveness is taking your offender to the cross of Christ and leaving them, releasing them with him in his care to his judgment. That's pretty simple. Chew on that for a moment. Bob Edwards. Bob has done professional counseling here at the church, uh, used the middle office for years. He uh, has done psychological counseling in the school educational systems and the prison systems, usually with sex offenders and their families, both the victims and the perpetrators. He has an extensive history in counseling, and uh, I value his insight and opinion. Um, he's got some, of the, some books back there on a better picture of who God is and the quality of women in ministry. And I tell you, he's one of the best for that content that I've seen. He writes this, It is important to understand that forgiveness is both a choice and a process. He stole my notes. Um, it is a choice not based on feelings. This is huge. This is a sneak preview into what is coming. Forgiveness is not about feeling. I don't feel like forgiving. Of course you don't feel like it. Who feels like it? Like really, really? <laughs> Rarely. Until we recognize and wake up to Christ in us and go, oh, that's part of my new nature. I, I didn't realize that. Oh, darn, I got some unlearning to do and some new learning to do. And that's what the church is for, to learn, unlearn, and keep growing up. The process of forgiveness is much like the process of grief. And both are often related. There's often denial at first. It's not so bad. I just won't think about it. There's also often anger at what happened and many questions such as, why? Why did they do that? What if I'd done things differently? If only the circumstances were different. There's also often a deep sadness before we can let go of the person. This process is difficult, but we can cast our cares on God who will give us the strength and comfort. This is big. This forgiveness thing is not simple. It is not easy. Just a heads up. Red Shoot, who's spoken here many times, good friend. He's been part of Hope Fellowship as a member for many years. 
taught Sinai school here. He's a counselor, discipleship counselor. I love this guy with all my heart. He writes this, Total and complete forgiveness says, I remember your trespasses no more. This hails from the very heart of the Creator, the author of forgiveness. If you have the ability, to, the ability to extend that kind of forgiveness to others, then consider it a gift. If, like most of us, you struggle with forgiveness, you'll find that as you choose to forgive and surrender those trespasses to the author of forgiveness, you'll discover a depth of forgiveness that you never knew existed. I think the hardest part of forgiveness is beginning. We're afraid of the start of the process because we can't control the outcome. And oh, we love control. (laughs) Don't you look at me as if you're not a control freak. Every one of us wants to control that stuff. We want to know what's coming. We want to be able to handle all that. Even in a small little way, we all have that flesh. This, this, is our, this is the ego. Ego always wants to control, and all of us have ego. Don't kid yourself. But we don't live from ego. We don't live from flesh. We're living from the divine who lives in us, who we are united to in common union. Chris Krautzer, he writes this, a new friend I have. Forgiveness is the emotional release of the debt that is owed you that a person cannot or is not willing to repay that your soul might be disconnected from the IV bag of their mistake that could forever infect your heart and gut your life with darkness. Perhaps they owe you an apology. Your childhood back. Time wasted. Emotions trampled. The spouse you deserve. Unforgiveness and all the hopes of revenge that come with it feels like the perfect drip of a medicine to numb the pain and the right and right the wrongs of the people who hurt us. But it is, in fact, the very soul-eating amoeba that would eat us alive, lest we yank out the port and free our spirit. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. That's a big one. That's a sneak peek into what's coming. It is not retrust. It is not excusing or minimizing what has been done. It, is not require, it does not require apology or repentance. Forgiveness is, is your release of yourself towards certain wholeness and their opportunity towards potentially, potentially restored levels of wholeness with you. Grace is brave. Be brave. That's a lot to take in. If it's a little overwhelming, Perfect. It is. The topic is overwhelming. These quotes are big. They're deep. They might be going over your head. Trust the Holy Spirit to reveal a sentence to you, if he hasn't already. Roy Richmond, he's a professor at Global Grace Seminary. In Scripture, where it refers to the forgiveness of sin, it it is often rendered as deliverance from sin. From sin. It is deliverance from unbelief. Mistaken identity and missing the mark. Forgiveness, deliverance, the connection. Wow. Hmm. Judy Bergman, she visits here every once in a while. She was part of the Alliance Church for many, many years. Uh, She lives, I think, in Mississauga area or Brantford area. I forget where. She wrote this to me. I learned that forgiveness is a choice and doesn't depend on my feelings. There it is again. It's also a process that involves acknowledging the rage, 
giving up acts and words of revenge, letting God take care of justice issues, and accepting responsibility for my own part in the relationship breakdown. It is not based on another's actions or performance, nor is it the same as reconciling or ignoring repeated offenses. I've come to see that forgiveness starts with asking Jesus to show you how much you are loved and forgiven. Jesus told the Pharisees that he who is forgiven little loves little, (laughs) which means those who have been forgiven much love much. It's an inside job. I love that line. (laughs) It's mystery. It's the mystery of Christ in you, loving you and living in his love. That's what makes it possible to truly forgive others. You know that he forgives them in the same way that you have been forgiven. This, This is good. This will stretch you. Can you see how there's no bullseye definition anymore? It's not so simple. The lenses from which we all come from will impact and affect our understanding of what this word forgiveness can mean. What does it mean to you by the time you leave? Hopefully it has been altered and better yet expanded. That's my hope. By the way, this part here, Jesus to show how much you are loved and forgiven, that's the point of this whole series. From when we, when we know how much we're loved and valued. It's from that forgiveness can flow. Don't run ahead. Don't run ahead and say, okay, I'm going to run to the forgiveness part. No, stop, slow down. Quit rushing ahead. Be loved first. Believe this good news first. And then let the Holy Spirit in you decide when and how to forgive. There isn't a calendar date this has to be done by. And there's no competition with somebody else. That's big. Ryan Harbridge from Alberta. I spelled his name wrong last time I used his quote. So, Ryan, I'm really sorry. (laughs) The only sin that exists, listen, I love this. This is going to be deep. The only sin that exists is that of identifying the very essence of who we are by anyone or anything other than how God has already identified us. That's big. You've got to see that. That being good, complete, as we should be, made in God's very image. Fortunately, we are not ever powerful enough to change the reality of who we are. That's big. Some of you need to hear that today. You're not big enough to change who you are. Your mistakes, your choices, none of it. It is Christ in you that determines who you are. That cannot change. So now discover who you are. So you begin to live from your authentic, true self, from the true source who lives in you, the one you are in common union with. The bad things we do are not sin, but rather symptoms of sin. We behave like those we think we are. Forgiveness, then, is God taking away the false perceptions of who we think we are. Jesus tells us a better story of who we truly are than what we have been told. Through the prophetic theater of his life, death, and resurrection, this frees us to act like who we are, to engage in true worship, which is recognizing the divine in others and treating them as such. Now, that is hard. 
can't have Christ in them. That's not fair. <laughs> Who said grace is fair? That's what grace is about. Putting us all on the same equal plane. Recognizing we are loved and forgiven by Christ, so is the person we're upset with. If we begin to see Christ in them, it changes how we argue and discuss things. This is not simple. Shoot. Paul Young. How many more have I got left? Oh, two more. Okay. Can we handle two more minutes? Please? If you said no, leave. All right. I love this section of quoting by Chris. <laughs> I'm not offended. Don't worry. It's totally fine. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. It is about letting go of the other person's throat. How is that for simple? I love that. If you need a tagline, that's a good one. Forgiveness does not create a relationship. Unless people speak the truth about what they have done and changed their mind and behavior, a relationship of trust is not possible. That's a big thing to remember when you're dealing with somebody that you've forgiven, of re-entering a relationship. That comes in later in the series, but he's saying it quickly for, me, for us. When you forgive someone, you certainly release them from judgment, but without true change, no real relationship can be established. Forgiveness in no way requires that you trust the one you forgive. But should they finally confess and repent, you will discover a miracle in your own heart that allows you to reach out and begin to build between you a bridge of reconciliation. Forgiveness does not excuse anything. You may have to declare your forgiveness a hundred times the first day and the second day, but the third day will be less. And each day after, until one day you will realize that you have forgiven completely, and then the one day you will pray for his wholeness. The bitterness has left me. It takes time. Last quote. This is from my friend Martin Trench in uh, uh, Alberta. He, uh, I'm trying to remember the cities in just north of Edmonton or uh, off to the side. Uh, he's part of a, an alliance church up there. He, he, has, he spoke something deep into me, which he's going to refer to. He says, A saying that I've heard and often use myself is, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. We've heard that. Unforgiveness is toxic to yourself and to all your relationships. Forgiveness is not letting someone off the hook for what they have done. They should never have been on the hook in the first place. Even if they have done something wrong to you, forgiveness is letting yourself off the hook of continual emotional exhaustion that unforgiveness produces. Forgiveness is untying yourself from the things which were painful at the time but are now over. This is beautiful. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. In Aramaic says, untie the knots that bind us as we let go of the bonds that we are holding others with. Boom! To me, that defines forgiveness. I believe there's one Achilles heel in the Christian religion. And that is the Lord's Prayer and the sentence right after what is that sentence? Anybody remember? I'm going to close with this. If you don't forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Remember that line? What language did Jesus speak? No. Aramaic. The New Testament was translated into Greek, but he spoke Aramaic. 
next week or the week after, we're going to see the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic. And what the one line says, instead of forgive us our sins as we've been forgiven, blah, 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 it says, unfetter the chains that bind you. Unfetter, let loose, loosen them, release them. And then if you then see at the bottom what's really being said, God is saying, if you don't unloose those chains from those people, I'm not doing it for you. That's very different than the translation we have. It suddenly makes more sense to me. That's a teaser for next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the influence and the wisdom and insight of all these individuals who've contributed to these definitions and understandings or perspectives of what forgiveness is. Father, please expand our understanding even more throughout this series. Take us deeper. And where we are afraid, teach us to surrender our fear to you, knowing that you've got our hand and will walk us through this process. In your good time, as you full well know our fears and anxieties. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that. Wow.